Hey, we rockin' with the ghost state, finna make the earthquake. Yeah. Hey. We still winning. I'm big stepping. Go to stay with me and we are bitch pressing. Big stepping. Hitting big threes, then we full court pressing. Big stepping. Go to stay with me and we are bitch pressing. Big stepping. Throwing alley oops, then we full court pressing. Hey, wait, hold on. Who ain't got a ring? What you worry about this season? It's a great day to be 24. It's a great day to be me. Watching the Dodgers against the Braves tonight. Clayton Kershaw will not have a perfect game, but at least I'm watching. I'm sitting down watching Clayton Kershaw throw a bajillion strikeouts. Strike out tonight. Dodgers in LA against the Atlanta Braves. Already Freddie Freeman absolutely getting the party stuck. Atlanta's pitcher just got, I don't know who it's, I, I was just like, it was so quick, he just got somebody out. I was just like, I don't know who that was, but he just got him out. Bottom of the first inning, Dodgers, one run, zero for Atlanta. Today was a great day to be me. Kendrick Lamar released that he is releasing his newest album, May 13th. I'm so excited. I'm very excited. The match is back on. I mean, today, today was like Christmas for me. The match, the Tom Brady uh, golf thing, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers versus Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. I'm very excited for it. Very excited. Probably shouldn't have had a PGA guy to begin with. It should have just been NFL players. Love it. Gonna talk about USFL. Gonna talk about AFC East. Versus NFCs, maybe not versus NFCs, but AFCs versus NFCs when it comes to the matchups, not matchups, but the draft picks that they should have, as well as some uh, some news and some information that got uh, going here over the last couple of hours, ladies and gentlemen. All that much, much more. Twenty fours podcast. Big hitting big threes, then we court Big go to stay with me, and we are bitch pressing. Big Kendrick Lamar's newest album, the reason why I'm playing that song, is that it's called, um, what's it called? I was on his website where he was just like, hey, I got, um, I got my newest album. This is a press release. Hey guys, here you go. Let me find it. It's called Big Steppin', like something, or High Steppin'. It's like High Steppin' something. I forgot what it was called. Hold on. Look it up. Oh, my God. He came out with a new album. The new Thor movie got a new trailer. New awesome trailer, to be honest with you. <clears throat> what else happened today that was really, really awesome? I think that was it. What's Mr. Moral and the Big Steppers. I, I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. Mr. Roll and the Big Steppers already sounds like one of the best hip hop albums of all time. Gosh. So going to talk a little bit about the USFL here to open up the, uh, the podcast. So, um, I came across this clip, came across this clip today. Actually, literally right before I got on the podcast, 
came across this clip of like a USFL player and a USFL coach talking about team rules. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what they are, but these weird team rules that essentially led to a player getting cut essentially over him ordering pizza instead of, or wanting pizza instead of chicken salad. And you know, this kind of like, and yes, that's, that's a real thing. You'll hear the exchange here in a moment. And you know, you know, I'm, I'm not going to comment on it. I'm just going to play it and then I'll comment on it. If hopefully it's not like, here we go. Sorry, it's it's going to be a little bit quiet, so bear with me on this. John Peterson, personnel director. What's up, man? Good morning, man. Well, he crossed the line, so we had to deal with it. This is very difficult for me as a head coach, my first time, but we have a business. Okay, this is business, and you're a businessman. We all are. This has to make you a beast right now. But uh, when I first talked to you guys on March 22nd, I had a handbook. I covered some items that were very important to me. Line 46 addresses that. Any disrespect of football or members, staff, USFL, hotel, etc., would not be tolerated. And it's been brought to my attention that has occurred with you. So unfortunately, unfortunately, hear me out, unfortunately, cost of doing business, I'm going to have to let you go. Okay? I didn't think I did anything or said anything disrespectful. I, I can tell you what happened exactly. It's not important right now. Right. It's not important. I don't it's, know. It's already happened. Right. It's already happened. I didn't say anything disrespectful. He said, is that going to be a problem? I said, yes. That's it. And I walked away. I mean, I didn't think that was disrespectful. Me saying, yes, I don't eat chicken salad. And I was like, is there another option? Walked in with pizza. And I was like, can I get a slice of pizza? He said, no. I was like, he said, is that going to be a problem? I said, yes. That's all I said. I didn't say no cuss word, nothing. That's all I said. I promise you, no disrespectful on my dad's life. I promise you, I didn't say nothing disrespectful besides yes. And, and I appreciate you sharing that, but the matters, it's done. It's done. <sighs> I appreciate you sharing that, but good luck. Someone's feelings hurt feelings or a distant second to the greater good of the team. And we've moved on and turned that page, and I'm happy we did it. So, if you missed the exchange a little bit as I, I like try and boost it, not boost it, hold on. Sorry about that. So, the TLDR, the too long didn't read of that is essentially a football player just got cut because he didn't want to eat the, um, the, uh, what is it? The, the chicken salad. Uh, he wanted pizza. Apparently, they ran out, and he and uh, the uh, I guess the um, the cafeteria person, the lunch lady, whoever you want to call it, was like, um, "Is this going to be a problem?" And he said yes, and then he got cut off of that. You know, some people believe that being a hard ass in professional sports works. Uh, it doesn't. It really doesn't really work that much on the high school level. Really, it doesn't. Like you want your players to be good players on and off, good people like on and off the football field, but you also want them 
to be good football players. You want them to be good to great people, but you also want them to be good to great players. But like the whole hard-ass thing, it doesn't work in college. Uh, Nick Saban doesn't really like, he, he's not one of the, the types of guys that's like, you know what, you have to wear white socks. You have to, you, you can never, you can never wear a visor. You can't do anything. You can't dance. Da, 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 da. Like he's not really a hard-ass. Really, he's not. To some degree. Bill Belichick is kind of the same way as well. He's just like, you know, like Tom Coughlin was known for being a hard ass. He was known for being the guy that was like, you can't wear white socks. You, you can't wear sleeves. You have to have your jersey tucked, this, you know, this way and that way and da-da-da-da-da. Not really a hard ass as much. They, they care about football. They want you to work hard and things of that nature. But hard ass? No, not really. And this kind of like leads us to that like whole exchange, right? Where he's talking about, well, huh, you disrespected a cafeteria worker and they don't have the footage. So I can't definitively say if he did or didn't. I don't know if he did. He said he didn't. I don't know. I think it's ridiculous. Like I like either way, I think it's ridiculous. I'm like, you just cut a player. Like, let's say he was a gigantic asshole to the cafeteria person. Right? That just means that he's an asshole. Does that mean that he should lose his job over being an asshole? Well, it kind of depends. Kind of depends. But I don't think it was like 100% being an asshole. I don't know. It seemed ridiculous to me. I'm like, you guys just, according to him, and he didn't, it, it didn't seem like he was lying to me. Maybe he's an expert liar. I don't know. Didn't seem like he was lying to me. But I'm like, you guys just cut a player because you guys are worried that for some weird reason he was disrespectful to somebody and that he, um, he apparently, like, I, I, I don't know. It's a weird thing to, like, watch and listen to. And I was watching this game today, this USFL game today, because it was postponed yesterday. Nobody was in the stands. Nobody watched it. At um uh, at Alabama, or excuse me, in Birmingham, which is where all of these games are being played. Nobody was there. It was like watching a COVID nineteen game. Like nobody was in the stands. Like usually, like if a ba if a game sucks or if it's a minor league game, like people are like, we have better shit to do in Alabama. I don't know what you think we we're doing. We have better shit to do. They're like, we have better things to do. Nobody showed up. And I remember watching. The game, it was like 17 to three, bottom of the third quarter. And they were like showing me all of the statistics. And I was like, and, and I watched like a couple of plays of it. And I was like, oh yeah, like this isn't going anywhere. Like I remember I was watching um, the Michigan Predators. I think that's what they're called. Or the Michigan Panthers last night. And um, I was watching them play. And I was like, oh yeah, they're poorly coached. They're terribly coached. It, it was coached. They were ironically enough coached by um, Jeff Fisher. I'm like, he's a terrible coach. He probably shouldn't, shouldn't coach a Pop Warner game. How bad he is. And then I saw the game and then that clip. Do you want to know? And, and more specifically, I saw, yeah, I saw that. I, like, I was kind of setting it up, but I ruined it. I saw the team that was playing that had that head coach. 
saw the team. Do you want to know if that hard-ass behavior worked? Do you want to know if it was successful? Do you want to know if they won? I mean, obviously they didn't. It was disastrous. Disastrous. It was 17-3, bottom of the third quarter, 17-3 final score. Disastrous. The Pittsburgh Maulers versus the Tampa Bay Bandits. It was an absolute joke of a football game. An absolute joke. I'm trying to see if they actually have, like, the box score. They do. Cool. Who is this? Oh, my. This is why they won. Because they had that guy, Ta'amau, uh, Ta or something like that. The, uh the quarterback that used to play for the St. Louis team and I think the XFL, he's there. He had two interceptions though when he had 5.8 yards per pass, but still, still one. He had 185 yards. Terrible. And then the other guy, wow. Yeah, like, like what a surprise. The two quarterbacks that they, um, that they put in, Love and Lalletta, uh, they were both below... Combined, like, they, they combined for less than 45% completion percentage, which is just, like, I mean, we're talking about a minor league game. I can't even, it's it's almost, like, indescribable. By the way, as Clayton Kershaw is just getting everybody out, already uh, mid, uh, mid of the uh, middle of the second inning, just no hits. No, uh, well, yeah, there's been some hits, but there's no been, there hasn't been people on base. Or base runs, that's what it's called? I don't know. I don't know these statistics. But uh, the Pittsburgh Maulers quarterbacks, they played absolutely atrocious. They didn't have any interceptions, but nobody cares. I mean, they had less than 45% completion percentage. Love had a 56% completion percentage. He was 9 of 16. Lalletta was 2 for 10. He was 2 for 10. 2 for 10. Terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible job. Their running game was even worse. Uh, Groshik, the running back, 16 attempts, 55 yards, 3.4 yards per carry. That's a joke. London, the other running back, had 14 attempts. So they ran the ball freaking 30 times, and they only got 78 yards. 78 yards that ladies and gentlemen oh yeah and they also had like two really really awesome runs by a quarterback um we'll add them on he had two attempts 11 carries 5.5 yards per carry which is great but their average yards per attempt were 2.8 and they had 89 yards on 32 carries folks that's garbage that's garbage so while he is focusing on the minutia of the football team, like, oh my God, let's, um, let's, uh, this guy apparently didn't want chicken salad. He wanted pizza. So we got to cut him. Bill Belichick and Nick Saban are like, how can I get these guys? How can I get good football players on my team? We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Everybody deserves a second chance. Nick Saban is like constantly like, like, yeah, everybody deserves a second chance. It's like you could, you know, also teach people to not be assholes. You know, if you believed he was an asshole, just be like, hey, man, just don't do that ever again. Like, come on. 
What's up with these hardline rules? Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has bad days. Tana Montana. Everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has those days. You're gonna cut a guy over him wanting pizza over chicken salad? Hell, I would. I would I'd be kind of irked if I couldn't get pizza. I'd probably. I probably over chicken salad. I hate chicken salad. Hate eggs. I hate mayonnaise. Isn't it just eggs and mayonnaise? That's it. I hate, I hate how it smells. I hate eggs. They make me throw up. Jesus Christ. You guys only scored three points in a minor league game and you're worried about a player freaking getting chicken salad. Like, that's not how Bill Belichick became a great coach. Worrying about his players freaking eating chicken salad or pizza. It's not important in the grand scheme of winning. It really isn't. You know, like, like I, I don't understand it. Like, it's why he lost tonight. Badly. It's why he lost badly tonight. And really, if the Tampa Bay Bandits were a better football team, they would have smoked them. This would have been a 30-point blowout victory for the Bandits. And instead, they only lost by 14 points. Joke. Absolute joke. Absolute joke. Cutting a player over fucking pizza? Are you serious? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, and apparently the, um, uh, the, uh, the guy, I mean, everybody's now, like, roasting this guy now. Uh, the head coach. <clears throat> This guy, this motherfucker was apparently the, um, the running back coach under Hugh Jackson. So do with that what you will. Oh God, what an absolute disaster. Get this, get this fucking shit off my computer. I can't, I can't stand people who don't get it. I, I like... I, I can't stand people who want to be hard asses and then they're hard asses. It's like uh, the Matt Patricia. It's like guys that just do dumb shit. They're hard asses for just being hard ass for just, you know, being a hard ass just for the sake of being a hard ass. And then it's like people buy into your dumb ass, hard ass scheme. And then whoops, whoops a daisies. Uh, we fucking suck. We're not winning games. We're sucking. Week three, week four, I don't know how many games there are. I think there's like 12 games in the regular season. Week three, week four, people are going to be sick of this shit because they're going to be, uh, it's going to be what? Like a, uh, it's just going to be a disaster. It's going to be that they're going to probably be f uh, zero and four or maybe zero and, uh, and three. They're going to essentially lose every single game for the next three to four weeks. And then people are like, dude, like your hard assness is not winning us games. Your schemes suck. Your play calling sucks. We freaking run the football 30 times and we can't even get 100 yards. You can't get 100 yards on 30 attempts. What the fuck, man? Like most most teams in the NFL can get 100 yards on 30 attempts. This guy can't even fucking get 90. 90. He cannot average three yards per carry. As a head coach, as a running, as a former running back coach. It's why I'm like, certain guys should not be head coaches because they don't fucking get it. They don't get it. This guy should not be a head coach. 
He doesn't fucking get it. It's why I'm like, draft young, talented, intelligent, smart offensive coordinators who are not going to just run the football ad nauseum. Get guys that are smart, intelligent, that understand passing schemes and passing games and things of that nature. This is why this guy won't ever be a head coach in the NFL. This is why. This is why. But that was one side of the USFL coin, right? Maybe not even, it's not a coin, it's really a dice. Let's talk about the multiple different aspects of the USFL, right? So, um, my impressions coming off of, I think it was the Washington Generals and the Birmingham Mustangs, whatever the fuck they're called. My impressions of that game, which was the game that was broadcasted, simulcasted on NBC and on Fox, that game, that game was like, it was a minor game to me. It was like when I was watching it, I sat down to watch it. Actually, I didn't sit down to watch it. I recorded it. I was watching Golden State versus the Nuggets. I recorded it, sat down to watch it later on, watched it, and I was like, oh, this is a minor game, a minor league game. This isn't like, you know, a professional league. Uh, this isn't, this isn't really something that I should watch or that I'd like need to watch, I guess. You know what I'm saying? Like there's, I'm watching the Dodgers right now. I'm like, I'd rather watch the Dodgers than, uh, than the other football games. I'd rather watch playoff basketball than the other football games. Like I know NBC and Fox are trying to get this going, but I'm like, I'd, I, I would rather watch those sports than this sport. There's like 3 million viewers for um uh for the biggest for the opening night three million they did some fun interesting stuff but i was just like three million viewers is not even close to like what the nfl gets at all and i was watching the games you know what pat mcafee said something interesting pat mcafee said these teams they need better quarterbacks and i completely agree with them because there were so many times specifically with the washington game the washington generals game versus the birmingham Mustangs there were like so many times when I watched that game when I was like like throws that are that should be made are missed things that player I remember um the uh, the quarterback for the Washington Generals I think that's what they're called I'll call them the Washington Generals I don't really care what what their names are but the but the uh but the Washington Generals quarterbacks they had like two quarterbacks I felt like one was better than the other. I felt like Johnson was had a better arm, bigger arm. If they developed him into an actual stable, stable passer, I feel like they would have had an overall better shot with him than with um, than with uh, Perez. But Johnson, there were like a couple of times where I was just like, oh, he thinks he's bigger and better than the opposition defensively, and this is why he's in trouble here. This is why he's like getting sacked. I remember like one play, he like lost the football, like picked it up. And instead of like just throwing it away, oh yeah, it was like a bad snap. It got snapped off to his right. He lost the handle on it. Uh, he never really had it. And he recovered it. And instead of just like chucking it into the third row, like every good quarterback does, he just, he just freaking like, tries to sprint out and a defensive lineman has penetrated 
I think, um, B-gap, and he's just gunning for the quarterback's head, and he freaking, he doesn't decapitate him. He just wraps up his ankles, and Johnson takes like a nine-yard sack instead of it just being second and 10 now. And I was just like, just throw it away. Like, bad play, bad snap, out. Out, immediately. And instead, it's bad play, bad snap, nine-yard loss. Nine-yard sack. And I'm like, it's something so small, but it's it's paramount. It stalled out the drive. Uh, the drive essentially ended off. Of, um, they they had like a three and out, and then bada bing, bada boom, uh, the other team gets possession. And it's just like, what are we doing? I don't feel like I need to watch this league. I've seen USFL now. I've seen XFL. I've seen AFL. I've seen all of the leagues. I've seen all the minor league leagues. Problem is, we already have a minor league league. Right? Everybody talks about spring football, spring football. I don't I feel like if it's not a direct competitor with the NFL, which it obviously is not, I don't need to watch it. I don't. And I don't, and to be honest with you, I don't think you need to watch it either. Like there's way better sports on literally now. I'm watching, I'm watching the Dodgers. I got Golden State versus the Nuggets. Literally, I got the um the box score live refreshing right now. I mean, we got a, we got two great basketball games going on. 31 to 37, Nuggets versus Warriors. Nuggets on top right now. Eight minutes, 48 seconds left in the second quarter. Jazz versus Mavericks are on right now. 102, 107, Mavericks on top. 114, one minute, um, 14 seconds left in the ball game. And then I got Dodges on the big screen. One run, zero run, 2-2 two, two pitch, top of the third, one out, Clayton Kershaw. Get him out, get him out! Get him out, Clayton! Get him out, Kershaw! Get him out! Get him out! So juiced up. I'm so excited to see Clayton Kershaw pitching. But it's like, why would I, like, like I saw the, but again, I could have seen, oh yeah, by the way, I, I saw the absolute ass whooping that was the 76ers versus the Raptors, 76, uh, not 76ers, excuse me, Raptors are a joke. And I was like, why would I want to watch the, uh, the Raptors play tonight? Or excuse me, not the Raptors, but um, why would I watch the Pittsburgh Ballers? I saw a couple of plays of that and I'm like, I don't need to see any more plays. Some NFL fans are like, or some football fans are like, you have to watch this league if you, you, the NFL is only hyped up. And it's just like, look, I get college fans in my ear all the time telling me I like, like I'm not a real football fan because I don't like college football. No, I just don't like bad football. In college football, like unequivocally outside of like a couple of teams, like with Nick Saban's uh, properly run Alabama team, there's really not a lot of well-coached uh, football teams in college with a lot of, great football players as well so i would also make the argument that there isn't really like like the detroit lions are really like the only team that i look at in the nfl besides like i think the jags and like one or two more teams in the nfl so like we'll talk we'll say like four teams in the nfl are like borderline minor league teams where in borderline is in like they're almost at that level, but they if they were a minor league team, they would be like the best minor league team by far and away. But um, there's like certain teams in the NFL that I look at and I'm like, 
oh my God, this team is like uncompetitive. Like they just, they cannot compete at the NFL level. But for the most part, most NFL teams are like pretty competently coached as much as I like will freaking just, you know, like the undertaker freaking like the grim reaper try and like come for people's heads or whatever, like just try and or souls. Like I'm just like trying to trying to like take people's souls down to the underworld with me. Like I'm the grim reaper or whatever, as much as I do do that, as much as I do try and like go after um, uh, certain aspects of people's jobs because they just suck. I'm like, okay, like we, we got to figure some of this shit out. Like as much as I'll do that. What is the game on ABC? I just got an ABC ad for Mike. It's not on. It's not on ABC, right? You don't know. Anyways, like as much as again, sorry for getting so distracted again, like as much as like all this stuff is being had and made for, you know, um, for the USFL or not for the USFL, but like as much as I dislike certain coaches in the NFL, if they were USFL coaches, they would be significantly more competent. They would be better. Also, there's coaches in the NFL that just are old, like Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher's team, again, was a disaster. The Hugh Jackson coach, who is, uh, not the Hugh Jackson coach, the Pittsburgh Maulers coach, who's from the Hugh Jackson uh, coaching tree. Disaster. He doesn't get it. He doesn't know how to win. He's been living in this weird la-la fantasy land where he's just like, um, there's this great album title um, for... Uh, Halsey's new album where it's called if I can't have love I want power and I think that's what certain coaches in the NFL do when they settle not certain coaches in the NFL but certain coaches at anywhere and everywhere they settle for where they're like if I can't have winning I want power I want control I want to dominate my players right They want to create these like really, really strict regimens. They want to have, you know, like, like, like I have rule 46. What the fuck is that even mean? Like he said, like line 46, if you disrespect, like, like, dude, coach your players better, man. Like, can you get like guarantee? Get me wins. Get me wins. I'll follow your bullshit. Just get me wins and don't embarrass me in front of my friends and family. Like certain guys are like, oh my God, like, like back in high school, I like my coach was a hard ass on me. Did you win the state championship? Were you a nationally ranked football team? Were the players on your team nationally ranked as some of the best football players in the country? If not, then it was probably not worth it. Okay. The cool thing about being a millennial is that things get put in proper perspective without any of the bullshit. That's the cool thing. It's like, I get to look at what my mom and my dad did, or not my mom and my dad, but but what my mom and my dad's generation did, and then the generation after them, and then my generation, because my parents are like super old. But I get to look at like everything, what every single generation did uh, wrong. And I get to say, oh, that's stupid. Let's not do that. And then because I'm a millennial and because we're smart and we figured out, you know, Amazon and Netflix and iPads and stuff like that. It's like, oh, wait, we can actually do whatever we want and we can take out terrible things that don't really matter. And because we're taxpayers now, specifically, we're not just children anymore. Now it's like, you have to listen to us. We pay taxes now. 
<clears throat> and it's like, who the fuck thinks this is a smart idea? Just like, do you win? Are you a winner? Ask the Pittsburgh Maulers. Does it win? Did they win? Just something to think about. But yeah, uh, the TLDR with the USFL, it's a minor league team. It's a minor, not a minor league team. It's a minor league. Don't need to watch it. If you like football, I, I mean, like, honestly, man, like, honestly, I would rather watch college football than the XFL or the USFL. Like, and I watch a lot of college football at times. I will sometimes, it, it can be anywhere between three to nine games. It depends on how many games I get to. I can't, like, I would rather watch college football. And I, I hate college football. Rather watch it. Rather watch college football than the USFL. You want to know why? Because at the very least, I'll probably get an Alabama game. Very least, I'll get an Ohio State game and or I'll probably get like an Oklahoma now USC game because Lincoln Riley's a great head coach. I'll like watch like one of those three teams and I'll be like, oh, I watched a good game today. Or more specifically, I'll watch a team that was properly coached today. I've seen like three USFL games. I saw the New Orleans team. I saw the, um, the Houston Gamblers, whatever they're called. Against the uh, the Michigan Panthers, I saw the Washington Generals play, and then I saw like a couple of plays of like the uh, what is it, the, uh, the whatever the fuck they're called, the team with Hugh Jackson's former assistant, the Pittsburgh Maulers. Saw a couple of plays of that game, and it's like I didn't see a good game. I mean, like I kind of did. I mean, the Washington Generals game was, like, fun at first, and then it got boring, and then it was fun again. But it wasn't, like, overall great football. It was more It was more specifically about, like, how much the two teams could not finish the game, you know? Just like, oh, my God, like, you guys can't finish. Versus, like, oh, okay, like, you guys are actually, like, competent football teams. Oh, gosh. We'll see. We will see. Anyways. Uh, oh, yeah. I'll I'll probably... How many weeks are there? Yeah, there is 12 weeks. Or there's 10 weeks. Thank God there's 10 weeks. And not like... That there's 12. But I guess it's like 12 weeks being the playoffs, obviously. My bad. So, yeah. There's technically 12 weeks, but it's 10. 10 regularly season. Thank God. Because I'm like... I can already tell... Michigan Panthers, Pittsburgh Maulers are probably going to be um, the uh, the bottom barrel of the other uh, teams, and they're probably not going to uh, to win or do anything. Wow! Oh my God! Wow! 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 I'm like looking at the divisions, like the north the. USFL North Division. I don't know what it's called. The North Division. None of their teams won. None of them did. Oh, there's only two divisions. The North and the South. None of the North teams won. 
all of the South teams won. And then to make matters worse, it's like the Panthers, the Michigan Panthers, the Jeff Fisher team, and the Maulers are in that division. So. Two teams barely scored over 10 points. No, not two teams. The Panthers, they scored 12, and Stars, they scored 17. No team scored 30 points tonight. This, This week, I don't know. Everybody's like, oh my god, they only got three months to prepare. Or not three months, but like three weeks to prepare and stuff like that. And I was just like, well, when exactly did they like start preparing for the regular season is my question. Because it's like, if they were in shape and if they did all, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's too short. I was about to say it's just like training camp only lasts for like a month. But then, but I'm like, oh yeah, there's like all this all these like off season training activities, et cetera, et cetera. Da, 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 da. Anyways. Uh, let's talk about drafts, the draft. And then, uh, what kind of piece? Actually, before we talk about the divisional, the divisions, uh, like the, the AFC East and the NFC East and like, like what they should do draft wise. Let's talk about Baker Mayfield. He's in the news again. And he is specifically tied to the Carolina Panthers, which I I get. Some people are like, what, like, why are the Panthers going after Baker Mayfield? I thought about it for a little bit because I was like, this is ridiculous. Why are they going after Baker? But then I was like, well, it kind of makes sense when you think about it. And the reason why it kind of makes sense is that, A, Matt Rule, he's, he's, he's gone. Like, he, he's probably gotten the, uh, the notice. He's like, hey, uh, by Jake Tapper, the owner, where Jake Tapper is like, hey, uh, if you freaking lose again, if you lose this freaking next season, if we're not in the playoffs, which they more likely than not will not be in the playoffs, you're out as a head coach. And uh, I'll find somebody else to lose. How many games have they won under Matt Rule? It's probably less than 10. Pro- you know what? That, no, I mean, it's obviously less than 10. They haven't been in the playoffs. But it's like, I would say it's less than eight, right? I mean, they have been like a disaster since he got there. And everybody was like, oh man, he's going to be such an awesome, awesome head coach. He fixed Baylor. Da, 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 da. Oh my God. Holy smokes. It's been five and 11, five and 11. And then this year, <laughs> technically speaking, the first five and 11th year was under Ron Rivera and his assistant. But um, these last two years, it's been all Matt rule. It's been five and 11. And then um, last year, because they added in the 17th game, they were you guessed it, five and now twelve. It's just like Jake Chapper is like, I can find somebody else who literally can uh can win me freaking eight games. You know, this year. Or not eight games, but like five games. Or at least help me with the prospect of winning more games. You know, if that's something that we want. Hold on. 
There's about to be a payoff here. I just learned that term. Baseball payoff. Hold on. I don't know who's coming in. It looks like like he's a fat guy. So I'm like, he's probably like, what is it? What's the term? Like a slugger. Like he's just essentially supposed to hit balls really, really far. I don't know what it, I don't know baseball terms. Too many baseball terms. Jesus Christ. Like it's still 3-2, two, two outs. One on second, one on third. Bottom of the third inning. God, I don't know who that is. It's a big boy. It's a big boy. Pitcher is getting the signal from the catcher here. I was like, what is the pitcher looking at? And then I was like, oh yeah, he's looking at the, uh, he's looking at the, uh, the signals and it's a strike, then swing, got him out. Everybody was like, yeah, that's not a strike. And then he went, boom. Then everybody's like, what the fuck off? Sorry about that. Anyways, uh, back to Carolina potentially being a front runner for Baker Mayfield. Look, uh, they want to win now. That's obvious. The Panthers, they want to win now. They suck. They're 5-11. and 11. They're one of the worst teams in their division, and their division has Atlanta in it, and Atlanta has been absolutely god-awful for the past really three to four years. And um, Sam Darnold wasn't really any better last season for them as well. And they're probably thinking to themselves, you know, if we want to win now, specifically Matt Rule and Jake Tapper, Jake Tapper is like, well, I want to win now. I want to become a playoff team. I want to be a contender with Tampa. But we don't have an offensive line. And Christian McCaffrey's contract is getting worse and worse and worse by the day so do we for example trade chris mccaffrey i i don't i don't know probably maybe release him something like that we'll kind of see what happens but the panthers are thinking to themselves how can we win games how can we maximize our ability to be a contender and the reality of the situation is as much as i like malik willis and kenny pickett they are they probably need they're one of like the only teams where I'm like, okay, you probably like it's debatable. Offensive line, quarterback, because their offensive line is atrocious. Like Malik Willis is essentially gonna go back to playing for Liberty if he goes and plays for Carolina, because their offensive line is so trash. So they're probably thinking, well, either we can get another offensive lineman or a offensive lineman, because they don't have really any. We can get a offensive lineman for Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield. And really, Sam Darnold did not do anything besides embarrass everybody who said Sam Darnold is like this awesome quarterback that everybody should love and and whatever uh, the case may be. Ironically enough, uh, shout out to everybody who said that because literally after three weeks, Sam Darnold freaking snapped like a freaking uh, just a, a piece of crappy plywood just got snapped in half by the Dallas Cowboys. Snapped in half. And then he was never the same. And neither were the the, uh, the Panthers, admittedly. They were never the same as a football team. Got snapped in half. But the Panthers are like, well, we want to win now. We can potentially get, we have options. 
We can get Baker and he can and we can have tryouts. We can get Baker. They may not want to pay his contract. If I'm the Browns, I want to get something done. But we can get Baker. We can have tryouts. Sam Darnold beat Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield beat Sam Darnold. We can have tryouts. We don't care. Whoever wins gets the job. If you both suck next year, guess what? We're we're moving on from Matt Rule. We're releasing both of you. We're not playing games. Releasing both of you. And guess freaking what? We don't freaking care. We're now... Oh, yeah. By the way, another payoff is about to come. 3-2 pitch. Clayton Kershaw's on the mound. But Carolina's, Carolina's at a precipice. Carolina needs to get an understanding of who and what Baker Mayfield is as a quarterback. Not Baker Mayfield, but who... Not even who and what Sam Darnold is either, but it's more along the lines of they need to have an understanding of like how their quarterbacks work, right? How does Baker Mayfield work? Or not not even Baker specifically, but how does Sam Darnold work for the most part? Is he a competent quarterback? Can we use him? They have an, a really, really freaking awesome wide receiver in DJ Moore. Nobody probably knows about him. Do you want to know why you probably don't know about DJ Moore? Because freaking DJ Moore plays on the Carolina Panthers and the Carolina Panthers don't have any freaking good wide receivers. Or not good wide receivers, excuse me, any good quarterbacks. They also got Ter- Terrence Marshall Jr., I believe, out of LSU last year. I loved him. Guess what? He's on a shitty-ass football team, so guess what? You probably didn't know who he was either. And also, he didn't have a good year last year, admittedly. Long and the short of it is, Panthers need a quarterback. They don't have one currently, potentially. They may want, they're thinking to themselves, we may want to look at Baker again versus Sam Darnold and we want to win and we want an offensive lineman, but it's very, very obvious that they're going to make a push for the playoffs this year as well, because uh, uh, this may be Matt Rule's final year, admittedly. We'll see. We'll see what happens. I was going to talk about like the Denzel Ward signing. Denzel Ward got like 50 million or not 50 million. Denzel Ward, the Cleveland Browns corner, one of the best corners in the NFL, got a new contract worth about 100 million this year. Five year extension, going to get paid like 20 million dollars annually. And um, Jair Alexander is one of the best corners in the NFL. He's better than Denzel. Like, what is his cost going to be? He going to get five years, 20 million? I don't know. But Denzel Ward is such an interesting player because, and I talked about it when the Cleveland Browns traded for Deshaun Watson. I was shocked that they didn't, um, that they didn't have to give up any of their star players like a Denzel Ward. I was like the Texans, the Texans in the back of the, in, in the back room were like, yep, woo, got rid of him. Got a bajillion first-round draft picks back for him as well. And I was like, you didn't want Miles Garrett? You didn't want Denzel Ward? You didn't want even some of their young guys like Jeremiah Wusukoromoa or another running back or somebody else? You didn't want anything back? You just wanted draft picks. Even though you guys didn't really have a great draft last year, you're poised and positioned by the grace of God to actually have a good draft this year. But next year, because they're going to have two first-round draft picks, again, because of the, the Deshaun Watson trade, you're not, it's not going to be as simple unless you guys suck again, which is 
probably the case because again they did like literally nothing in free agency and um it looks like lovey smith is once again a warm body to uh to protect the houston texans um effort in oh we want to hire josh mccown we didn't really want to hire lovey smith we had to because it would have looked bad if literally during um a lawsuit for the nfl or that the nfl is having um we freaking um, we're like during an NFL uh, a lawsuit with the NFL where the NFL is being accused of being uh, having bad hiring practices or whatever um, that we freaking hire somebody with like no experience at the head coaching position or really coaching in college or in the NFL we just hire him to be our head coach it doesn't look very good for uh, the NFL in that just saying so they were like, hey, uh, Lovey Smith, come in. Come, come, come. Versus having Josh McCown there. So, but off of Houston, going back to the Browns, Browns have all their players. Like, I was looking at their roster this year. Like, they got Miles Garrett. They got Kareem Hunt. They got Nick Chubb, Deshaun. Amari Cooper is signed, like, long-term as well. Like, they got a lot of their players locked up long-term. Like, all of their awesome players. And I'm like, oh my god. And then, I I was thinking to myself, I was like, the only thing that they really need, especially now, kind of since J.C. Treader is gone, like, the only thing that they need is, like, an offensive lineman, potentially a center, but then it's just like, that's kind of nitpicky. But then it's like, oh yeah, they also... I thought to myself and I was mistaken. I was like, oh yeah, they also need like a wide receiver. And it's like, no, they don't. They have Amari Cooper. Remember? Like Baker, like I was like, oh yeah, I I thought that it was the Baker's Browns, right? Like it was uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones and all these other guys. I was just like, oh yeah, like they need like one guy, right? And it was just like, no, they, they don't need a wide receiver. They can definitely help themselves to one, but they don't need a wide receiver. And I was like, hmm. Browns are going to be one of the best teams next year. Mark my word, circle the date. Going to be one of the best. Um. Uh, oh, yeah. Depending on if Deshaun Watson gets suspended or not, I don't know if he will. He probably, I mean, he definitely will. It's just a matter of when, where, when and where. Not necessarily how and why. We have the how and the why, but he's he's going to get suspended. It's just like, now it's like, okay, when? When is it coming? I don't know. Final topic I got for you today before we enter into the draft. Um, Look, a lot of wide receivers that deserve a lot of money are pretty uh, pissed off. Oh, wait. Atlanta Braves batter just broke his freaking bat. Oh, my God. Shattered it. Just like how Clayton Kershaw shattered their dreams. He shattered his bat and Clayton shattered his dreams. Got him all out. Two runs or two hits. Freaking no runs for the Atlanta Braves. Clayton was playing last year. You wouldn't have won the World Series. I don't know that actually. I just, such a, I'm such a big Clayton Kershaw fan. Such a big Clayton Kershaw fan. Clayton Kershaw fan here. But um, back to the wide receivers. So there's a lot of wide receivers that want a bajillion dollars. Uh, Three of those now being A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, and Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel, a couple weeks ago, scrubbed his entire Twitter and Instagram accounts 
of any mention of the San Francisco 49ers. Some people are like, oh my God, he sucks. He sucks. He, he apparently got death threats and racist messages from quote unquote San Francisco 49er fans. Uh, great job, by the way, San Francisco really representing uh, great, uh, like really giving him a reason to stick around and really want to play with you guys long term, right? So those three wide receivers are kind of like the three big ones in a long list of guys that are good to great wide receivers that probably deserve to be paid a bajillion amount of dollars. Maybe not like the most amount of money for a wide receiver, but um, a lot of money, a lot of money for those wide receivers as well. And I kind of thought to myself and I kind of broke it down and I was like, it's kind of interesting to see what teams are what and where and things of that nature and like how important certain teams are or how important these wide receivers are to, um, to these three teams. But it's also like important to recognize, like how do these teams perceive these wide receivers? And I'm sorry if that's a little bit confusing. I, I may have not explained it very well. Let me try and elaborate on this. So these three wide receivers, two of them are on defensive teams, right? Terry McLaurin and also AJ Brown. They're on like def- teams with like defensive coordinators, right? And then the third guy, Debo Samuel, is on an offensive staff, an offensive-minded football team, But the thing about him is that he is on a team that really has a system in place that probably thinks that, well, we can just find another guy to have that position and have that job, right? So essentially what I'm trying to get at is that some of the teams are like, we we love these teams, we love these players, but we think to some extent these players are expendable. Oh, wait, hold on. Ah, Turner almost just hit a homer. He was looking at it. He was looking at it. I thought it was gone too. Freaking hit the barrier. Wait, there we go. Sorry. I accidentally unplugged my microphone. I had to unplug my computer from charging. Anyways, it like it hit the barrier didn't freaking hit the uh it didn't go outside of the stadium but he got a double anyways back to the conversation surrounding terry mclaurin debo samuel and aj brown right so they're all up for contracts they're all great wide receivers in my opinion all great wide receivers all important and intrinsic to their football teams and we'll talk about kind of the relationship with their football teams right now so first and foremost Kind of lumping in the situation of Washington and the Titans, both teams think to themselves, are thinking to themselves right now with Ron Rivera and Mike Vrabel, well, we're defensive-minded teams, we're defensive-minded head coaches. The way that we win football games, quote-unquote, isn't really with wide receivers, it's with our running games, specifically with Tennessee. And specifically with Tennessee, they're like, well, we have Derrick Henry, why would we play a bajillion dollars for... Uh, for um for AJ Brown, he costs like twenty million dollars. He's probably going to cost over twenty million dollars. They most definitely do not have that, and they most definitely do not have that for a wide receiver. Let me just like take a peek here. 
yeah, they have $1 million in salary cap this year. And then next year they have $10 million. So they definitively can't sign him. And then in 2024, they'll have like $143 million because they just like, they don't want, they won't have really any players signed. The long and the short of it is right. For the next two years, they literally will not have enough money to pay Debo or not Debo, AJ Brown. So they're probably on the phone right now, beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, beep, boop, on the phone like, hey, uh, is anyone interested in A.J. Brown? Because we have no money. We can't pay him. And they'll probably lie to themselves and they'll, that what they may actually do is they may say to themselves, um, you know what, guys? This is his last year here because we just, we cannot pay him at all. Great football player, great guy, great team player. But, um, dude, we can't fucking pay his salary next year. We can't pay him what he's asking for. He wants like $20 million. We can't pay that. Which is true. They cannot pay A.J. Brown his money. Or at least the money that he wants. And so, hold on, let me go to this year. I'm like, I'm trying to find A.J. Brown. He's like, like a $4 million cap hit. He's an unrestricted. He's a first rounder, so they'll get the fifth year option. He's an unrestricted free agent next year. This is his final year on his contract. So like, we can trade him. We'll trade him. If we can't, we can't. We'll see what happens. AJ Brown, potentially up for a trade. Same thing goes potentially. And I'm not getting this off of like information. I'm just like, it makes sense that they would probably want to trade him, especially looking at their salary cap situation right now. The same thing kind of goes and flows with Terry McLaurin, where it's like Terry McLaurin is an awesome player, but they drafted Deami Brown probably with a similar purpose where they're like, he's going to be potentially like a deep threat for us. And we also think that we can essentially run our football team any way that we want to. So Terry McLaurin. Oh, and they also have Antonio Gibson and, Ron Rivera is probably Ron Rivera. It's interesting. The, um, what is it? The, uh, the Washington football team just brought in Kyle Hamilton, the safety out of Notre Dame, right? Got the safety out of Notre Dame. Pretend or are going to potentially get the safety out of Notre Dame. Let me just look up the mock draft. Let me go on and do a mock draft here. Just saw the Dodgers get another run, making it two zero one out. Bottom of uh, the fourth inning. Let me uh, look at. Hold on. Hold on. Oh, football network and like check out their mock draft here. Hold on. Is Kyle Hamilton going to be there for me? I'll do like two really, really quick mock drafts here. Like, I just want to check and see if Kyle Hamilton is going to be there if Washington drafts. I I mean, it's close. Like, he was, he was there for the Jets at 10. Washington's drafting at 11. So he theoretically could have been taken almost by the Washington football team. And then he goes number two overall to, like, the, uh, the freaking the lines. And I'm like, that's not going to happen at all let me like do one more let me see if i like actually get a result that's like actually logical 
No, they, he goes number two overall to the Lions again. If the Lions get Kyle Hamilton, that's like the dumbest thing that they could possibly do ever. Then the Jets get him at number four over Evan Neal, right? No, Evan Neal goes number one overall. I'm fine with that. Let me do like one more. Hold on. Hold on. He goes fourth overall again. Over like... I was about to say over like Kavion Thibodeau. Kavion Thibodeau went two. I'm like, okay, I'm fine with that. Um, so yeah, like kind of by some of the situations that I just ran, depending on like certain things and things, of, depending on like what happens and things of that nature, depends on whether or not he's going to be a, you know, depending on not where he's going to go and how he's going to do things, I guess. I don't know. It's hard to describe. But again, this goes and flows with Terry McLaurin, right? Like, the Washington football team isn't thinking to themselves, well, let's help out Carson Wentz by potentially getting an offensive lineman for him. Let's, um, let's go out and let's get, uh, let's go out and get Kyle Hamilton, right? And Kyle Hamilton, not even Kyle Hamilton, excuse me, Washington lost already Brandon Sharif or Sheriff, who's one of their best, I mean, not one of their best, but their best offensive linemen really, um, of the last couple of years before they traded Trent Williams to the 49ers, I believe last offseason. He was like by far and away uh, their best, or he now, or was before, again, they traded Trent Williams. He was their best offensive lineman. So now it's like, well, who else do we have? And it's just like, well, we don't really have anyone. And they couldn't really run the football the way that they wanted to last year. Antonio Gibson had a down year overall. And um, they just, like, everybody everybody was like, oh, my God, they're going to, they're going to freaking destroy the Cowboys and blah, 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 blah. And I was just like, where? Like, I felt that what, like, I felt like what should have happened last year should have happened the year before that. So, yes, Terry McLaurin had, oh, my God, he had 1,000 yards, right? Everybody focuses on 1,000 yards. Everybody's a, a nerd for this type of stuff. 1,000 yards, woo, 1,000. Go, go, go Antonio Gibson. Did I say Terry McLaurin? Excuse me, I meant Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson had a thousand yards. Everybody's going to Google and Gaga for a thousand yard wide receivers and stuff like that. And for me, when we're talking about running backs, it's not how many freaking yards they get. It's how efficient they are because we're in a passing renaissance here. Hey folks, we're in a passing renaissance. That means... Offenses throw the football a shit ton more than they run it. So if I'm having to give the running back the football a bajillion yards to get a thousand yards, a bajillion times, excuse me, to get a thousand yards, then that's not really what we're going for as a football team. Because if I have an awesome quarterback, last thing I want to do is hand the football off to the back 35 times. Um, if it's like if it's blue skies clear and if it and if the wind is stable, that's the last thing I want to do. I'm going to throw the football all over the yard. It's just that simple. Just that simple. Last year, sure, he had a, a, a thousand yards. He had 795 yards the year prior to that, but his efficiency was incredibly high. It was 4.7 yards per carry. This year, it was four yards per carry. The difference is being... In the years prior, or in the, his two years, the comparison is, he had 170 attempts in his first year, right? This is, the, this is the good year. 
In his second year, he had 258 attempts, 1,000 yards, right? So we're talking essentially he got an additional 300 yards last year on almost 100 more carries. Like, that's ridiculous. That's asinine. It's like we can do so many different things offensively if we didn't have to rely on Antonio Gibson to, uh, to run for a bajillion yards, by the way. Oh, yeah, and by the way, for everybody that's like, oh, my God, they have such a good running game. Uh, that's like Ezekiel Elliott. Oh, wait, did they hit a homer? Oh, no, they didn't. Like the crowd started to rise up. They were like, oh, wait, is it gone? No, it's not. Again, right? Ezekiel Elliott, 237 attempts, 1,000 yards, 4.2 yards per carry, 10 touchdowns. Okay? Antonio Gibson had worse statistics. 258 yards, 1,000, not 258 yards, excuse me, 258 carries, 1,000 yards, 4.0 yards per carry. You really wanted to get to like 4.3, 4.4 yards per carry? Seven touchdowns, okay? So Zeke has Zeke, old-ass man Zeke. Zeke with almost 2,000 carries on his body. Zeke, who is like at the end of his career, Ezekiel Elliott, had better statistics than, than freaking Antonio Gibson. Old-ass man Zeke. Like, yeah, um, I have better statistics than him. What's up? What's up? I don't know what to tell you, man. But Washington doesn't see any of this. They're, you know, they're morons. They're like, I mean, I mean, first and foremost, they have two books, uh, two accounting books. I'm like, why, why, why isn't the IRS auditing them, by the way? It's like tax day today. I'm like, why, why, aren't, why, aren't, why isn't the IRS auditing them? Hello, figure this shit out. But um, what is it? Washington being the disaster that it is with Ron Rivera and they can't even focus on the actual football games because they're just like, uh, we kind of, we can't focus on the football games because we freaking have a, we, we potentially have two books that are lying to the NFL about ticket revenue and stuff like that. So they can't even focus on the sport. So Ron Rivera is doing whatever he wants to do now, but, um, the Washington football team, like, they're probably thinking to themselves, oh, yeah, like, let's just go with defense. Let's not invest in our wide receivers again because our wide receivers are, you know, aren't very good outside of Terry. And potentially we may move on from Terry or God help you. I mean, wouldn't it be hilarious if they got a running back? What's their what's their drafts been like? I mean, they got Chase Young. That was like a layup a couple of years ago. But Chase Young hasn't even come online. Chase Young... Everybody out there that's like Chase Young is this really, really awesome football player is like a moron because they didn't see him play at all last year. Chase Young, I think, played for like eight games last season and he had a hat, one and a half sacks. How many games did he play last year? Give me a second. How many games? He played in one. Two, he play, By the way, for everybody that's like he got hurt for half of the season. He got hurt for the majority of the season. Bro, he played for half the season. Let me show you something. He, he played in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine games. He played in nine games. It's a 17-game season. You're telling me that a guy that played in nine games couldn't freaking figure out how to, like, rush the path? He had one and a half sacks last season, folks, okay? 
Like he was not good at all. And this is before he played Dallas. Oh my God. If he played up against Dallas, Dallas would have absolutely fucking crushed him. Crushed him. Pulverized him. He was terrible last year. Jesus Christ. So yeah, like Washington, we'll talk about them a little bit in the, uh, a little bit more in the draft. But like Washington with Terry McLaurin and his contract and Antonio Gibson and their defense and their terrible organization, their terrible owner who should be in prison and in jail. Hopefully he goes to jail. I would be very, very excited if he does. Like all that stuff is a distraction to Ron Rivera potentially selecting a defensive player in the draft instead of potentially another offensive lineman or trading up in the draft. Hold on, let me check out their their um their draft picks in the last couple of years. Hold on. Give me like uh two seconds here. So last year they got Jamin Davis, who I mean they got Jamin Davis, but Jamin Davis has been terrible for them. He's been terrible for them. Like I thought he was gonna be significantly better than what he was last year. He had 76, 76 tackles, 48 solos, and three tackles for a loss and two quarterback hits. I, I thought he was gonna be somewhere close to like 100 tackles. Easily. Like he's better, like his statistics, I was like. Watching him play last year, I'm like, he's better than what he currently is right now. Sam Cosme was like below average. It's weird. It's like players that I really, really liked. For some weird reason, they go to Washington and they're like worse than I, than, uh, than I thought they were going to be. I liked, I love Chase Young coming out of Ohio State. And it's like, he goes to Washington and he sucks. He sucks. I was like, damn. They, and then they got Dwayne Haskins a year ago or uh, three years ago. God rest his soul. I'm not going to say anything about Dwayne Haskins. But then they got Montez Sweat. And I was like, Montez Sweat, it, like, he's not, that, he's not that guy. He's not the big boy that everybody thought Montez Sweat was going to be. They got him out of uh, Mississippi State. Montez Sweat isn't like, Montez Sweat is not anywhere close to the player that people thought he was going to be. Or at least the Washington football team is going to be like there's there's cowboy pass rushers that are like third round draft picks that looked better than Montez Sweat last year, right? Like didn't Dorrance Ar like Montez Sweat had four sacks, but but Dorrance Armstrong for the Cowboys like actually puts pressure. Yeah, he had five sacks as well. Like that's my point. Like Dorrance Armstrong had his best season overall last season with the Cowboys. He had five sacks, but he also did a lot of shit in the running game and actually was able to like put pressure, albeit significantly delayed pressure on the quarterback when he was rushing. So even like, yeah, sure, he, he didn't get as many, he probably should have had eight sacks to be honest with you last year. Like sure, he didn't get the amount of sacks that he should have gotten, but he was significantly, he, he when he was on the football field and he was rushing the passer, he was actually effective. And I'm like, I, I just don't understand it when Montez wept. Again, Washington's a disaster. By the way, they just they just walked somebody. Braves just walked somebody. They're having pitching struggles. 
Uh, Dodgers aren't because they got Clayton Kershaw. Oh no, they didn't walk anybody. My bad. They like I saw one guy running to home, and I was like, oh, they just walked somebody, and it's like, no, he's running from the dugout to the um to uh, home plate. But yeah, like Washington's overrated. Da, 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 da. I mean, I this went on a Washington diatribe. But yeah, like we'll we'll talk about it here in a couple of minutes. Um Washington sucks. The Titans are probably maybe going to look at actually trading AJ Brown. We'll see what happens. Um by the way, just so we're clear on how and why AJ Brown is such an awesome wide receiver. Hey, Ryan Tannehill had a shitty year last year. But AJ I mean, and AJ had an off year last year, again, because he was hurt and Ryan Tannehill sucks. But AJ Brown, for his entire career, besides last year, has averaged 1,000 yards, has averaged like over 15 yards per catch, which is insane. For, that's like a college wide receiver. It's insane how many yards per catch he gets. And then he all he always gets somewhere close to double-digit touchdowns. Again, he was hurt last year and his quarterback sucked. But AJ Brown is a monster. I would pay him twenty million dollars. I like if you ask me, like Amari Cooper, AJ Brown, AJ Brown. I love Amari. AJ Brown's better. He is. So, um, I would be. I'm like, is he the best wide receiver in that division? It's got to be close, right? Texans don't have. Yeah, he is. He is. I'm like Texans don't have anybody. Jags don't have anybody. Colts. They have Michael Pittman Jr. He's better than him. I'm like, how how high of a wide receiver? How we let's play a game. In my opinion, I'm like, who would I rather have? AJ Brown or like X receiver? I'm like, AJ Brown. I would probably have Stephon Diggs and Tyreek Hill over AJ, but like everybody else in the AFC East is 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 not very good. In the NF in the AFC North, AJ Brown versus everybody else there, like. Would I rather have A.J. Brown over Jamar Chase? No, not right now. Not right now. AFC West, A.J. Brown versus Devontae Adams. That's easy. It's Devontae. Chiefs don't have anybody. Chargers, he's better than both Keenan Allen. And it, I, like, I can only imagine if the Chargers get him. And then, is he better than everybody on the Broncos? Is he better than... I think he's better than Cortland Sutton. I like Cortland Sutton. I think he's better than Cortland Sutton. It's so interesting when I think about it, because I'm like, who would he go to? Oh, easily. The Jets. Like, I'm not sure about the Jets cap situation. I'm like, I'm like, who... Uh, like, whenever I think of, like, where can A.J. Brown go? I'm like, he would go to a team that would have to have like a lot of salary cap and a young quarterback because like every single smart NFL team essentially has their guy that has their quarterback. And that quarterback is like, is, um, is now probably missing like a wide receiver or he could go to the Jags. Whoops. The daisies Jags just paid freaking $18 million for Christian Kirk joke. But if you were, but I mean, yeah, the jets, they have $17 million in cap space this year. And then next year, they have $41 million. Get A.J. Brown. Get him in the booth. Not in the booth, but freaking on the team. What are we doing? What are we doing? I mean, the Dodgers are just, by the way, they're, they're smoking the Braves. Six runs. I mean, god damn, that fourth inning was so long. 
just ended six. They got freaking five runs in the fourth inning. They, the Dodgers just fucking popped off five runs in the freaking fourth inning, zero runs overall for the, uh, for the Braves. It's been absolute destruction of epic proportions for the Atlanta Braves. It's been terrible. It's been garbage. What a surprise. Atlanta, get your act together. Atlanta, Atlanta. Get your act together. Braves are uh, Braves are cooking fouties, as I would like to call, or as I would like to uh, to say, cooking them. But um, yes, the the Braves are in trouble in it. But yes, um, AJ Brown, he could be t- uh, potentially be a Jet. My God, if the um, if the freaking Jags were a smart NFL team, they would go after him. It, excuse me, they wouldn't have re-signed Christian Kirk to a bajillion dollar contract. The Giants are kind of an interesting situation as well because they don't really have a lot of money. I don't know why the Lions haven't been more in play if I'm like 100% honest with you. Also, if you want my honest opinion about it, if I'm the Chiefs and or the Packers, why am I not making phone calls? Like a lot of people say they're strapped for cash. And I would just like politely like to raise my hand and uh, ask why the frick can the Rams have Bobby Wagner and Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey and Matt Stafford and Cooper Cup and frickin' they just re-signed Allen Robinson and they're trying to bring back Odell. Why can they get all these players and nobody else can? Like, I, like I'm surprised. I'm also kind of like weirded out. I'm like, why isn't Arizona making phone calls? It's like you guys only have DeAndre Hopkins. Figure this shit out. Like, AJ Brown would be a monster, a monster for Kyler. Are you kidding me? A monster. And then the Bears. I'm like, you guys have young ass quarterbacks and no fucking help. No help. And people always ask the question, like, why, why exactly is, um, why, why, why do all these teams win football games or why, why are they always like a step ahead of, uh, of these football teams or whatever? And it's just like, because they freaking take advantage, they, they extend their advantages and they take advantages of, take advantage, excuse me, of bad football teams. Bad football teams aren't making phone calls, um, for AJ Brown. Good football teams are, they're making phone calls right now. Just as they're making phone calls about freaking Debo Samuel right now. Like the 49ers are probably entertaining phone calls about Debo. They're like, hey, can we get Debo for X amount of dollars? Can we do this for Debo? Can we do that? They're trying to figure out if they can make a play for Debo Samuel. Bad teams aren't. They're like, how can we save money? How can we, you know, like, oh, it's too risky. He's hurt. Like, figure it out. Figure out the minutia of the details. The devil's in the details. You may not need, you can use that as negotiating leverage and be like, we'll give you guys like a second, third, maybe a fourth, fifth rounder, like give them a whole draft package uh, while also being a great football team and be able to say to them, oh shit, uh, we actually got out pretty clean there. Do you want to know why? Because we're going to be a great football team with AJ and we're going to win a bunch of football games and that second, third, fourth, or fifth round draft picks, whatever you want to give up for, not AJ, excuse me, for Debo and AJ or whomever, all those picks that we gave up for them, chump change. Because we're actually going to be a good football team this year. 
Or you can just, you know, be like the Cowboys and do nothing all doggone offseason. You know. You know. Just saying. Just saying. Anyways. All I got for the majority of the uh, the NFL season. Let me take a swig of my water first. Hold on. Sorry about that. Let's talk about the AFCs versus the NFCs when it comes to players that they should draft. Gonna get. Gonna kind of speed through this kind of quickly a little bit. Let's start off with the AFCs. The AFCs. Obviously, compiling um, of teams such as the Bills, the Dolphins, the Jets, and the Patriots. Bills being the best team, Jets being the worst. Patriots and the Dolphins kind of being a fringe, fringe playoff teams. Uh, Dolphins, after their acquisition of Tyree Kill with Jalen Waddell, they really don't have a lot of... Um, draft compensation really uh to do anything with but they need another offensive lineman potentially they got and they signed to ron armstead um dolphins actually did some smart shit this year is this a homer yeah that's a homer clayton just threw a homer damn one run to six dodgers are still on top but the dolphins right with Tua's rookie contract, they're actually taking advantage of it. They're doing really, really smart things with it. They're signing big-ticket free agents. Like, some people are like, oh, my God, they signed all those guys to a lot of money. They're stupid. And it's just like, well, uh, it's to help out the rookie quarterback, and they don't have to re-sign him for a couple of years. It's actually really, really smart GMing. And the objective kind of is, like, we're probably not going to be in this position again. Again, it's kind of smart. But it's like they still, with just Teron Armstead being re-signed, they still kind of need another offensive lineman, plus an additional running back. But I mean, I talk about it all the time with the Dolphins. The Dolphins are like Tua playing, not Tua playing well, but actually like Tua getting support. Like, like they're not very far away from being like a playoff contender, like a like a team that can give a lot of teams a lot of problems in the playoffs. They have Jalen Phillips, who I love. Like, love the edge rusher out of Miami, ironically enough. The university, Miami University or just Miami, I don't know what it's called. But edge rusher out of Miami, super, super awesome pass rusher, great guy. They have the two corners, Xavier Howard and Byron Jones, who are both very, very good, especially Xavier Howard. They have the safety that they got last year, super, super, super underrated football player. And Javon Harlan. And then they also have the linebacker, Jerome Baker, plus the two wide receivers, Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. And they also have Mike McDaniel, who hopefully he is smart because uh, they have a lot of weapons. And they also really have a lot of a lot of firepower 
um, from the tight end position. Like when a lot of, when they traded for, they traded a uh, Devonte Parker. I wasn't like panicking as much as other people because I was like, they have Mike Gusecki. I don't know what people are freaking out about. Like everybody's like, Oh my God, he's a great wide receiver. I'm like, yeah, he's a great wide receiver that they probably couldn't afford. And, or they felt like, um, he probably can't really play in the slot that much. And they may want to have Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill either lined up in a bunched concept or out wide or whatever. Right. That's that's kind of the reality of the situation. But the running game is a little bit inconsistent. But again, we'll see what happens with the um with the Dolphins next year. We'll see. We'll see. Jets, um I mean, they pretty much need everything. They pretty much need everything. They need like and need is kind of like a subjective term, like the Dolphins probably want. No, they probably need another offensive lineman. Like the Jets, it's like you you want another offensive lineman. I keep talking about Evan Neal or Akeem Aquanu to the Jets, and that would be just monster. That would be terrible for all of the remaining teams. And then you can figure it out later on. Um, whatever pick you want at number tenth overall, number ten overall, but like. Getting an additional offensive lineman in a division where um, where there's really not a lot of pass rush would help out so much with the Jets. And some people would be like, well, if there's not a, um, a, lot, of, a lot of pass rush in the division, why would you invest in another offensive lineman? Well, very, very simple. If he's not being pressured, if Zach Wilson isn't being pressured that much, there's certain things that you can do that he can do as a quarterback specifically with throws that take a very, very long time to develop, that teams would really have a hard time counteracting. And then it's just like, well, okay, cool. If we're going to drop a bajillion people now in coverage because they want to take the top off the defense, guess what? We're running the football now. Like stuff like that. Right? Like offensive line is super, super important. Especially when when like their left tackle with Makai Becton is kind of like iffy because he's hurt. A lot. And um, they have some really, really great pieces overall. Like layups, folks. Get layups. Help out your quarterback. Um, also, they need another pass rusher and another wide receiver. I mean, they're desperate for a wide receiver. They, uh, they've they made phone calls about DK. They're probably trying to talk to, um, talk to the Titans about A.J. Brown. As well as, uh, again, if they're smart, they're talking to Debo. Talking about Debo. Probably going to make some phone calls about Terry McLaurin as well. We'll kind of see what happens. They also need like a corner and a safety. They need a lot more pieces. Excuse me. Than people are willing to like actually admit. Like last year, everybody was like shocked that Robert Sala had a bad year. And I was like, people wouldn't shut up about how awesome freaking Dan Campbell is as a head coach. And Dan Campbell only won like three football games. Didn't they win? Didn't the Jets win like four in like a definitively harder division? I mean, I get it. The the Jets are constantly just garbage. But I mean, oh my God. Like you, you, you gotta be kidding me with some of this stuff. Uh, yeah, they won four games. Again, that's terrible. That's not a lot. But I'm like comparatively to like the Lions and the Texans and all these other football teams and how little they actually have. It's just like, oh, that kind of makes sense. I'm fine with that. 
My expectations aren't low. They're not high. They're reasonable. I have reasonable expectations. They are not a very good football team. They may or may not need to move off of CJ Mosley. I'll watch some more Jets to kind of figure it out. They don't have a corner. They don't have a safety. They need another edge rush. They need a edge rusher, for Christ's sake. Uh, he just doesn't have the players that he had. Robert Sala doesn't have the players from San Francisco for everybody. Like, I thought he was supposed to be a defensive genius. Well, it's kind of easy to be a defensive genius when, like, Richard Sherman still has, like, a little bit of juice left. They have Fred Warner, and they have Nick Bosa, and they have Eric Armstead, and they have DeForest Buckner, and they have, like, all these fucking awesome-ass football players on their football team, and it's just like, oh, shit, like, like no wonder why he's a really awesome defensive coordinator. It's like, he doesn't have players. Doesn't have players. You know what? He probably isn't going to have players next year either because if you if I had my way, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't freaking get any defensive players. And you know what? They probably should have gone after Von Miller. They probably should have gone after Chandler Jones. They probably should have gone after JC Jackson. They probably should have gone after the Rolodex of freaking awesome defensive players that were up for a contract this season. But yeah, the Jets are kind of up a creek without a paddle. What a surprise once again. Moving on to the Patriots. Patriots are an interesting case example of um, potentially the scheme isn't bigger than the players. They just released J.C. Jackson. Apparently, they're not going to have an offensive and defensive coordinator. They don't also have uh, like a great... What are they drafting at? 20th overall? They do have a great pick. But um, they also need a wide receiver. Everybody and their mother needs to shut up about how awesome the Patriots are as a football team and how little Mac Jones does as a quarterback because that's all I hear. How awesome the Patriots are as a football team and how little Mac Jones does. Let me tell you something. Let me ask you a question first and foremost. Who is his number one wide receiver? Can't answer it because he doesn't have one. Trick question. Mac Jones was thrown to Kendrick Bourne, Nikhil Harry, uh, and Nelson Aguilar last year, and he made them look significantly better than who they were in the last couple of years. Like, it's it's just that simple. Just that simple. Okay. Then, to make matters worse, they went out and they re-signed all these, they got all these players, and it did not work out the way that they wanted it to. Uh, specifically with Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry, they signed two tight ends and then drafted, like, another couple of tight ends. Like, it just, like, it literally did not work in their favor whatsoever when it came to their draft picks and to the players. Like, it, it was just, it was not very good whatsoever. It's a problem. It's a problem. So they need, like, wide receiver help, probably another offensive lineman because they keep losing guys. And then on top of that, they also now need like another corner or corners. I remember I wrote it down specifically corners with an S because they don't have any like JC Jackson was the guy that was like the hidden corner that like people didn't know about because they had Stefan Gilmore, but then they traded Stefan Gilmore last year and then they just like just was like, oh yeah, we're just not even going to offer JC Jackson a contract. He just gets freaking, he, he resigns or he goes to the Chargers and it's just like, like, what are we doing? I don't, I don't understand what we're doing. So now they need corners. They need wide receivers. They potentially need an additional pass rusher. 
as well. They need a lot of help. Need a lot of help. They let go of Chase Winovich this year. We'll see. See what happens. Bills. Final team of the AFC East. They only need like... The Bills, I mean, to me personally, I feel like they could have won the Super Bowl last year. Like to me personally, I feel like they could have won the Super Bowl last year. I mean, I love Josh Allen. I love Stephon Diggs. What a surprise uh, Stephon Diggs was right about the Minnesota Vikings. Love rubbing that in Vikings fans' faces all the time. Stephon Diggs was right. You were wrong. They probably need another running back. Again, I know they've drafted a bajillion running backs. Or more specifically, they need to help the running game. I wrote that in my notes. I was like, they may not need another running back, but just somebody or something to help out their running game. Because, oh my God, I am tired of seeing Josh Allen run for his life. Or more specifically, be the running game. I hate that. I hate it whenever quarterbacks are the entirety of the running game. I'm like, your offensive coordinator and your running backs coach and your offensive line need to have their come to Jesus moment and figure out why your freaking running game sucks and why we cannot run the football with our running backs. That makes zero sense. Why we cannot run the football with our running backs. Zero sense. At all. Whatsoever. So help out the running game. Um, I almost was tempted to say get another wide receiver because I'm like, why not? Because I don't think Gabriel Davis is like a great number two. He's like, we'll see kind of about him later. They also lost Cole Beasley as well. But I'm like, I, if I was the, the Bills, I would find somebody who could play inside and outside. That's what I would do if I was the Bills. I would find somebody who could do both, who was like, oh, we can play inside, we can play outside. Slot guy, outside guy. That's what I would do. If I was the Bills. But we'll see what happens. We'll see. And they need another corner. It cannot just be Tredavious White. But if you want my honest opinion about it, we'll talk about the AFC North and the NFC North probably tomorrow or the next day. You want my honest opinion about it? Right now? Like, I think in the AFC, I mean, I won't be back. About it like right now in the AFC I would have to say it's like the Broncos who are the contenders who are like the number one contenders I think the Bengals I, I don't think they can replicate what they did last year and go to the Super Bowl without an offensive line which uh, they got Leo Collins but they need like much much more and I'm like is Leo Collins going to be your left tackle or your right tackle because uh, your right tackles because uh, your left tackle was like your worst offensive line and Leo Collins played right tackle for the Cowboys. But, um, to me, the contenders are the Broncos. They're loaded offensively and defensively. The Raiders people will talk about, I 
I, I'm coming around to Max Crosby. But like, I still want to see another corner. I think they have offensive line deficiencies. And I still think there's aspects of their team that are very, very easy to take advantage of. Specifically, their offensive line and um, their secondary currently. Oh, wait. I think Dodgers are going to get a run here. Safe. Safe. Now he's out. Not a run, but uh, somebody on base. They had like two. They had um one on second, one on third. And I was just like, mm, it's going to be good. And then it's not. Not the pitcher like there's like a grounder that that um that the pitcher like mishandled that like w like went straight to the pitcher and I was like is this gonna be like is he gonna get on base no he didn't anyways um yeah Bills they need they need another corner eventually oh yeah I was talking about uh, I'm like I'm referring to my notes but I was like what was I talking about and I was like. Oh yeah, um, I was talking about the the contenders in the AFC. It's like the Broncos with Russ. They probably need another offensive lineman as well. They can potentially get one. Um, not the Raiders yet. Not the Raiders yet. Again, they have some easy to exploit aspects, and I think the Chiefs without Tyreek Hill is going to be far more of a disaster than people are willing to give them credit for. And uh, I think the Chargers are fool's gold to me i've been i bought into the chargers the last couple of years i'm like i'm not buying into them this year like they got all those players i'm like they'll figure out how to screw it up again don't worry about it um and then like i think it's like the broncos the browns and the bills i think those are the three teams i feel like somebody from that trio is gonna come out and is gonna be and it's going to be in the Super Bowl this as of like right now. That could change. We'll see what happens. Anyways, um, AFC, not, uh, we, we talked about the AFC's kind of draft picks and or draft needs specifically going into the draft. Uh, let me talk about the NFC's. My, uh, my computer is almost out of battery here. Hold on. I got to plug in my recharger. Hold on. <clears throat> Hold on. I got to get out of my chair and I, then I got to like walk around here. Ugh. All right. Sorry about that. Let me check in on the basketball game here. Like, damn, the Warriors took over. I'm still watching the Dodgers versus the uh, the Astros. Or not the Astros, but the Braves. Oh, I almost dropped my very, very new iPad on the ground, and it would have shattered. <clears throat> Clayton in the top of the six is still pitching. Anyways, um, talked about the AFC, AFC East. The NFC East is a little bit more, I wouldn't say it's, I would say it's more dysfunctional than the AFCs, right? I don't think it's as bad as people claim that it is or say that it is, but it is definitely more dysfunctional. And the reason why it's more dysfunctional is it doesn't have the quarterbacks. Like the AFCs definitively has 
four quarterbacks that I like. Like Zach Wilson's a young guy. I like Zach Wilson. Tua Tagovailoa, I like him a lot more than other people do. I don't understand why people don't. They're ridiculous. Like he has a bad offensive line and he's had like, and he's had weird coaching where they've taken him in and out of games and all this other crap. And I'm like, okay. Um, Tua is awesome. Tua is awesome. Considering how bad the team has been around him for his first two years. Then they got Mac Jones, Pro Bowler, playoff guy, Josh Allen, Pro Bowl, awesome quarterback, right? NFC's has Dak Prescott and Jalen Hurts, kind of. And then that's it. Like Carson Wentz, despise, hate. Daniel Jones, loved him. Not loved him, but I liked him. I liked him a lot more. I, like I was coming around to Daniel and then he let me down last year. Then I'm like, I'm out on Daniel. So the NFC's doesn't have the quarterback talent that, oh, this is a homer. Yep, favor of the Braves. I saw it as soon as Clayton like looked up Ozzy Albiez, whatever his name is. Just hit one on Clayton. 2-6, doesn't matter. I was like, he should have just walked him. I was like, that string of pitches didn't look good for Clayton. I was like, you know, like it was 3-1 and I was just like, just walk him. Walk him at that point. Like he had, he got him on a three-two pitch, and I was just like, on a three-two count, and I was just like, just walk him. Like because you don't want that to happen. Anyways, uh, back to Dallas. Or oh, back to the NFC. So we're gonna talk about Dallas first. So I was like, you know, Dallas or not Dallas, but the NFC East as like a whole. I was like. They're obviously more dysfunctional than the AFCs. But there's one team that everybody shits on because they're the most popular team. Yes, it's the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, it's a team that I'm a fan of. It's the Cowboys that everybody is, you know, that everybody shits on. And I think they get, they got over-criticized. They got over, way over-criticized this offseason, right? I didn't like how they traded Amari Cooper and they didn't get shit for him back. And they, you know, and it turns out his contract is pretty reasonable considering how many freaking wide receivers just got paid this offseason. It's way, it's, it's very, very fair. And even further than that, didn't get anything back for him. Lost Randy Gregory, didn't pick up one of the star pass rushers or even get Bobby Wagner. And so now Dallas is like in this weird position where like, oh yeah, and they lost, they traded Leo Collins. Or not, they didn't even trade him, they released him. Then he went to the Bengals. But like Dallas, Dallas is like in this weird spot, right? Because Dallas is like, it's like, okay, uh, Dallas doesn't have, they've lost players that you would consider to be great players or more specifically players at important positions of need. Right? Or maybe not at important positions of need, but at important positions. At right tackle, at line, uh, at defensive lineman, and also at wide receiver. The interesting thing about Dallas, and I didn't think about this until I started listening to a Dallas podcast about it, because I completely forgot about this. Dallas is going to play 
Terrence, uh, Terrence Steele, they're like undrafted free agent, right tackle at right tackle, or technically he was like a swing tackle, but he's now going to be their starting right tackle. And the reason why I think that, and I, I mean, not even think I know that for a fact is just simply put because they liked him more than Leo Collins, like midway through the season, they were like, they played him because Leo Collins had like an eight or nine game suspension, not even an eight or a nine game. It was like a five, six, four games. I don't remember how many games it was. And when he came back from being suspended, like they didn't play him at right tackle. They put him in as like a fullback. And I was like, what are you people doing? And they did it against the Vikings. And Terrence Steele was pretty like, he was fine at right tackle. It wasn't like great. He was like fine at right tackle. Actually, he was better than Leo Collins was at right tackle at that point in time. Leo Collins would inevitably become the Dallas Cowboys' best and most consistent offensive towards the end of the season, which kind of pissed me off if I'm 100% honest with you. Apparently, Dallas, they wanted Leo Collins to play right tackle, or excuse me, left guard, because, what was his name? Connor Williams, their left guard who's now in Miami, was so bad was so deplorably terrible. They were like, we like have to get a left tackle. Or not a left tackle, but a left guard because he's being overly penalized. He's absolutely god-awful. Like we need somebody to play left guard for us. And they were like, well, Leo Collins used to do that. Can you move back to left guard? He said no. And that's why he got released because he didn't play left guard for them. It actually would have probably been kind of a better position for him. He probably still would have been a cowboy. He would have been like highly paid as a left guard, but he would have been a cowboy. However, they have their right tackle. They're probably still like fine with Dorrance Armstrong and um and whoever else they have on deck, Chauncey Golston. They're going to probably do a lot with Micah Parsons as a whole, as like a pass rusher, because I mean, he is their, he's the, he's their best offensive player really on the team. Like he's a great pass rusher. He's a great linebacker. Looks like Clayton is going to come off tonight. He's done. That fucking sucks. He let up two, he let up, um, he, he let up like what, three Three guys on base, and then he let up two runs tonight. He was awesome, but he's starting, you know, he was. It wasn't that he was playing badly right now or that he's not playing badly, but he's, you know, guys are starting to get on base. They're going to relieve him here. It's the top of the six. It's around the time that they pulled him almost a week ago and Wednesday, so he's getting freaking just a standing ovation right now, even though he didn't have a perfect game. So why you got to let your fucking players play the game out, man. You got to let them play it out because you'll never, you know, he's never had a perfect game. Hall of Fame pitcher. You got to let him play the game out. You got to. I get it. You know, like, like you never know when he'll get another opportunity like he did last Wednesday. You never know. Never know. Great pitcher. He's against the Braves. He beat, like, get it out of the way. He's been awesome for the Dodgers for, like, almost 16 years. Like, just get him, give him what he deserves. Give him what he deserves.
Anyways. Um, going back to the Cowboys. So again, right? They, like, their dysfunction is not, like, completely soul-sucking. Fortunately or unfortunately, depending on which side of the aisle you land on, like, their dysfunction isn't, like, so bad that they're now going to miss the playoffs or whatever. They're probably going to be a playoff team again. Probably going to win 10-plus games again next year. Here's where things get really, really interesting, right? So they don't need a right tackle. They have some depth at pass rusher. They can potentially get another one in the draft. Here's the really, really interesting thing about it, right? Jerry Jones already gave the cat out of the bag because he's a fucking moron. But he said that Dallas is going to get an offensive lineman. Now, they're not going to get a right tackle because, again, they already have the right tackle. I remember Peter Schrager was like, uh, uh, Tyler Smith goes to the Cowboys. And then it's just like, no, they're not going to get a, a right tackle. What they're probably going to do is they're probably going to get a guard and they're probably going to get Kenyon Green because Dallas, because Tyron Smith gets hurt a bajillion times, right? Course of the season. But Kenyon Green is a guard that can, that can play tackle. He can play. He's kind of like the reverse of like Panay Sewell where Panay Sewell was like a tackle who could play guard. Kenyon Green is like a guard that can play tackle. And he's great. I don't know why people aren't talking about him more, if I'm like 100% honest with you. And he's in their backyard. And Dallas Dallas doesn't like scout their backyards as well as people think. Like Dallas doesn't do a great job with like scouting out um, guys at Texas A&M, at SMU, and all these other schools or whatever. But um, I feel like at 24th overall, Dallas is probably going to pick up Kenyon Green or Zion Johnson. I really hope it's not Zion Johnson because I like Kenyon Green more than Zion Johnson. But I think it's I think it's Green. I think it's Kenyon Green. And I think like if I was a betting man, I would be like, if he's there, it's Green. If he's not there, then it's Tyler Linderbaum, the center out of Iowa, unless Traylon Burks or one of the other wide receivers is available. But to me, it's either Kenyon Green or Tyler Linderbaum. But overall, Dallas, like, they don't need corners. They already have uh, Kelvin Joseph, who I read the report today because he was, like, he was in the car. He was, like, involved with, like, a homicide. He was in the car with the people who murdered another guy. He was not arrested. He was just questioned, as far as I know. Um, which, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, not he didn't murder anybody. He's just in the car with he's just in the car with a murder. I'm like, eh, I'm like, hey, like I need football players. I want to win games. I'm not a, a clutch clutches the pearl clutching pearls guy. I'm like, I want to win football games. But um, yeah, they they need a guard. They're probably gonna get one in the first. And then, or they, or the reality of the situation is, and this is the tricky thing about Dallas, Dallas, is, Dallas could potentially get Tyler Linderbaum in the first and he could be their center or they could get Ed Ingram in the second and he could be their guard. And then you move on, you know, move on. It's going to be an interesting year for Dallas because people think that they're further behind than they actually are. And Dallas is like, they're one offensive lineman away from essentially being back to where they were last year. And more importantly, they're like, they're probably better. Like they're, they're missing Randy, obviously. And Randy was great for them. 
great in the passing game, great in the running game. But um, it's going to be such an interesting dynamic with Dallas literally in like a little bit over uh, over a week. So Dallas, awesome, 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 awesome football. Or not awesome football team, but just they're in a really, really awesome position at 24th overall. But they do have some needs here and there. They need a guard. That's definitive. They'll probably get one. Need another tackle. Not another tackle. They need... um. They need probably an additional wide receiver, which they can get in the second round. Anyways, Washington, they need everything. They need a quarterback. They need wide receivers. They need offensive linemen. They need corners. They need li- they need a linebacker. They need a safety, okay? Like going down the roster, we talked about it a little bit in the lead up. Not in the lead up, but we talked about it almost an hour ago with Terry McLaurin and how they got rid of Brandon Schaefer or something like that. And uh, they don't. Like, they don't have an awesome Pro Bowl guard anymore. They don't have an awesome Pro Bowl all-pro tackle and freaking Trent Williams anymore. They only have Terry McLaurin, and that's it. And really, they need another wide receiver. They have Logan Thomas, the tight end, who's a quarterback turned into a tight end. I actually like him a lot. They potentially also need an additional running back as well, depending on Antonio Gibson and if he has another down year as well, or more specifically, the run game is just kind of shitty. Um, They need a lot of fucking players, dude. And a lot of players. It's like, and the reality of the situation is that series against Dallas should have been more so like the second game than the first game. Okay. They should have got their butts whooped by Dallas really throughout the majority of that first series or, or throughout that first game. But Dak and Dak was actually playing and on a, and on a great pace for that game in the first half, I think he had like a 70, 80% completion percentage, and then it all fell apart in the second half. He was bad in the second half of that first game. Second game, Dak Prescott was on fucking fire. I don't know why people show the first game more so than the second game. I guess it was because it was just over. Over. And that second game, it just was not close. But oh my God. Washington needs everything essentially outside of um, a tight end and oh yeah, defensive line as well. I mean, I'm not a big fan of Carson Wentz at all. I've let that be very well known. Where I'm like, I just I despise him, don't like him at all, hate him, hate, hate Carson Wentz, hate him, terrible, terrible player, terrible player. Need another quarterback. Need another wide receiver. They're they're lying to themselves if they don't think so. Washington's up a creek without a paddle. So are the Giants. The Giants are in such a, like, a weird position where it's like, they have, like, they're maybe, like, one piece away from having, like, a really, really awesome front seven where they have, like, Leonard Williams, the defensive tackle. They have Aziz Ojolari, the edge rusher out of Georgia. They have Blake Martinez, who I think tore his ACL last year, but he's really, really awesome. They have Kadarius, Tony, and like a bajillion other wide receivers. Maybe not a bajillion more. They have Kenny Galladay as well. They lost Evan Ingram, which is like, it kind of sucks, but you know, you're fine with that. They need another running back because Saquon Barkley is just injury prone all the time. But like Washington, not Washington, the Giants are in that same boat where it's like, they have a lot of players that they need. Like a lot of players that they need at like really, really important positions. They need another corner. I semi like some of their safeties as well. 
Like their edge rushers, they like it like to really, really make that front seven like a real threat in the NFC East. They need like one more guy to both push Tyron Smith and now Terrence Steele. And they have Leonard Williams to go up against either their whoever their left guard is, which is why they need another fucking left guard. Because Washington's they don't have like great defensive line play. Like their defensive line play is overrated because they have four first round draft picks on the defensive line. But like they still need like one competent guard because of the Giants with Leonard Williams, the Eagles with Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave, and Washington with all those first round draft picks on the uh, the defensive line. But the Giants they're close. They're a lot closer when it comes to their front seven. They're a lot closer defensively than I think people give them credit for. And on top of that, um, and by close, I mean like they're close to having like good units on their team, maybe not necessarily being like a good football team. Like they have some pieces. They have some really, really awesome pieces. Finally, the Eagles. I'm fine with the Eagles. Front four overall, Hassan Reddick, they just got from the Carolina Panthers. He's awesome. Love their defensive line. They need a linebacker. They need probably another corner, probably another safety. Eagles are kind of like up a creek without a paddle as well, a little bit, where they have some pieces, like some significant pieces that are missing. Their offensive line play is kind of inconsistent. Um, I like some people are like they they have a great offensive line. I'm like, I kind of squint my eyes and I'm like, where, where is this great offensive line? Cause they got their butts whooped last year by the Cowboys again, uh, like twice. Yikes. Um, well maybe the second time doesn't really count because they didn't play anybody. But the first time it was a yikes. And then they also like wash, not Washington, the Eagles, they need like, to me, one more wide receiver. Like one more wide receiver. I think Jalen Rager is unreliable. Like there's some plays where I'm like, yeah, like, like he's, he's back in it. He's maybe not back in it, but he's like, he's viable. He's useful. And then there's other plays where I'm just like, or, or sequel or series where I'm just like, he's just non-existent. Like he's not to me like a true number two receiver. Like he's kind of like a speed guy a gadget guy that like that really just that just like he's not really like a number two he's just kind of a, a guy that takes a top out over uh, off the defense he's kind of a big play guy but is he like a consistent reliable number two wide receiver no i don't think so i don't think so Anyways, wide receivers, corners, maybe another offensive lineman. God, man, another tackle would be nice as well. I think that's it. Washington. Anyways, tomorrow, going to be peacing out. Again, we're going to be covering kind of the team needs this week when it comes to the draft. And uh, next week, we'll kind of go into draft scenarios and stuff like that. And, uh, but Friday, well, it's going to kind of be like a short week this week because we're actually going to like have just four sports podcasts and then we're going to do the music matters podcast 
or, or another episode about hip hop uh, as well. Cool thing about that podcast is that there's so many albums like by super, super like high end, high end. Um, what is it like? Uh, not high end, but like popular musicians coming out within the next month. Kendrick Lamar's newest album, uh, Jack Harlow's newest album, like all that good stuff is coming out within the next like uh, next like month or so. Yeah, like literally the next month. Like, literally, Kendrick Lamar's album comes out on the 13th of May. It's the 18th today. So, like, all these really, really awesome albums are coming out really, really soon. So, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. A lot of great stuff, ladies and gentlemen, coming up next month. Right here, 24th Podcast. Can't wait. I'm out. I'll see you tomorrow.